Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. New York City's, we slapped those randos from Philly. I don't know how we did it, but we damn sure slapped them randoms. Let's talk about it, New York. I love it when the plan comes together. Uh, I don't know what it was. I've been watching a lot of basketball, and and right now it just seems like, you know, we're just caught in in the maelstrom. That there's just this chaotic universe with no controls, no no, controls. understanding of of the shape of things it's just chaos out there the the Knicks are five and three what (laughs) um I don't know what I'm seeing there but Philly the Philly we saw tonight uh is came in to tonight six and one looking like they added shooting um they 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 fully embrace uh, Ben Simmons as point guard and knowing the problems that the Nets have having a six ten point guard coming into the game with Kyrie MIA like literally MIA <laughs> MIA um, it's a it's a fascinating thing to 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 see them win tonight and the front office pod. Is uh, uh, uh is going to bring to you tonight? You know the finest of of dissecting these the, these ongoings, but we've also expanded that right to uh, our friends of the pot. So first, I'm going to bring on my partner in crime, Samuel Lachow on on Twitter. Uh, Sam, how are you, my friend? How are you feeling right now? I'm good, you know. I mean, amidst the lunacy that happened yesterday, my, you know, my my baseball team got a shortstop, and now the Nets had this incredible win that just got me in a really, really good mood tonight. And so, you know, I mean, like with everything else going on, you got to take the little wins, and this is the this was one of those. Sam, I'm I'm gonna indulge the nut the the Mets fans out there. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a thirty. 30 second dissertation on your on your new shortstop you know there's there's something that's fun about getting a guy who brings a lot of um joy and love to the game kind of like what we <laughs> had seen at least in the first two weeks from Kyrie. i'm kind of hoping, <laughs> hoping he's coming back sooner rather than later but that's what it seems like lindor is going to bring and not only is he I mean, he's awesome on the base pass, hitting, fielding, which is what they needed. But he also has got this, like, Hollywood smile. I'm, I'm amped. 
Dude, you are you are uh, representing the voice of all of all Mets fans, and um, I, I hope I hope this works, man. I really do. I I, I will say this though: money doesn't solve everything. Um, um, but I'm excited for you guys. So tonight was a compli- complicated night. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm gonna have a rough time ex- explaining what happened tonight, and I think our goal as a as a podcast is to is to basically offer our Nets community a a different option and how the game is reported on. Like I'm, I don't think we're reporters or 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 anything like that, but it's it's a it's a benefit to the fun of, of watching um, basketball games to have people who, who care and, and watch every game make analysis of the team, you know? And so we, what I want to do and what we're trying, Sam and I are trying to do is bring on more, more Nets fan um, voices so that we could have an, uh, uh, an authentic conversation about our team. And tonight, um, the cat we brought bought on tonight really uh, uh, impressed me by calling ESPN, and it's, it's a brother named D Rock. D Rock, let me you go ahead and give get a give the um, listeners your uh, your Twitter handle and um, tell them a little bit about yourself. All right, well, uh, what's up to the listeners of the front office? Uh, D Rock, D hyphen r-o-c-k pretty simple uh yeah i want to know my real name is daniel (laughs) uh but uh you know i've been following these and uh his man sam for quite a bit now you know i love uh how they break down the game and you know the passion that they bring and the realness that they bring that's what i pretty much appreciate the most and uh you know me calling on espn uh that's pretty much just been me wanting to pretty much put it out there to Knicks fans that not only is this not their town, but that we're coming and we got championship aspirations literally in front of us. You know, we just seen what these guys did without KD and Kyrie to the best team in the league record wise. And we ain't stopping here, you know? So, you know, just, L- let just got to be on. And, uh, let me tell you why I appreciate right. you, D-Rock. All right. All right. The cats on ESPN, they like to try to pretend they like to play this little game where it's like they don't talk Nets. So Nets fans don't listen. Mm-hmm. And and they they basically go, OK, well, we would talk Nets if if um, Nets fans would call out the self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And and. And I like it when Nets fans call up there and disturb and and and, and disturb their uh, they're trying to uh, pretend like we don't exist, and mm-hmm. we're not. And we know what it's true. We we are a smaller fan base, but we're supposed to be. We're smaller by design. We're not our 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 fans isn't Ossining New York. Our fans isn't Poughkeepsie and Schenectady. Our fan, we're, we are the Brooklyn Nets and. And we're tied to our original Long Island roots. There are there are a lot of fans. Some that's even been on this show uh, uh, go all the way back to the Long Island um, um, Nets. And then there's the fans from Jersey who um, you know uh, uh, got a, a, a beautiful look 
tonight, but still, we're always going to be a, an exclusive uh, uh, fan base in comparison to to the Knicks, and they have a forty year head start on us. You know what I mean? Like this is all of this was by design. Like the, when when the ABA merged, they forced the Nets out of New York, and and for them to for them for us to have Nets fans who are willing to kind of like. Uh, you know, put it out there to say, yo, not only do we exist, but we're an example of 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 the uh, of the product that you see on the floor. We are knowledgeable and a, a whole lot more sensible than than these abused housewives that they call Nick fans. D Rock, I salute you, my brother. Well, definitely, thank you, thank you for that. Um, yeah, tell me. Tell me, D-Rock, I'm going to start with you, and then I'm going I'm to I'm reel back to my um, guy, Sam. Okay. Put, a, put, a, put an umbrella of, a, of an explanation of what we saw tonight against Philly. All right. So, the 50,000-foot view. All right. So Philly definitely coming off of a back-to-back, and, you know, Bradley Bill lit them up for 60, but they, but they pulled that game out. So you kind of felt that they were going to come out there with tired legs, and I don't want to make that excuse for them. I don't want to give them that. But you knew that this was going to be a fight, and this was basically going to be a battle of the wills. And basically that's what I saw tonight. I saw a Brooklyn team that was hungrier, that wanted it more, and basically took advantage and kept their minds in the game and did what was necessary. And we saw how Karis LeVert led the team, and if you look at the opposing team, I guess you could say Embiid led, led them. And he had an all right night. Uh, but I think at the end, it was just too much uh, what was going on with Brooklyn, you know, just hitting them from a lot of directions in terms of fast, boy, uh, fast break points, in terms of uh, forcing turnovers and, and scoring, uh, you know, taking advantage of that. And, you know, trips to the free throw line, uh, we pretty much – exerted our will on this game and we were able to overpower them. So that's basically what I saw tonight, Umbrella View. Yeah, I mean, if 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 we, it would have been even worse. It wouldn't have been close. They would they would have um, hit the hurt feelings button you know, <laughs> early in the fourth quarter if, um, if uh, uh, we would make our free throws. Sam, give, give me a uh, if I didn't see the game, tell me what happened tonight. Uh, so first, I want to give a big uh, salute to D Rock as a as a also fellow ESPN radio and even WFAN caller that always has to butt into the constant Nick garbage talk. I I appreciate that that there's there's uh, a bunch of us out there trying to put our name on the map even more. So I appreciate you. Um, right. But uh, but no, I mean in terms of the game, I thought. And I thought Drock said it well. Like it, the Nets, the Nets came out and made it, and 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 they were like, "We're we're basically winning this game." Kind of like what Kyrie did the the game before against Utah. I thought I thought they just looked ready to play. I thought Philly kind of thought that this was going to be uh, an easy one, even after a back to back, because of uh, because uh, Katie, Kyrie, and obviously uh, Spence weren't playing. And and I think the Nets kind of like hit him in the front. <laughs> hit him in the front teeth and I honestly think that's why some of the frustration kind of uh seeped in and you saw it getting a little chippy as it always does with the uh 
with the Sixers. But I think the most important takeaway, honestly, is you can tell that every single one of these nets, whether they were on the, the playoff team from two years ago or not, they have like zero fear for the Sixer team. Like they have, they are just not afraid. They're like the, the Simmons and, and, and B duo, they kind of brush to the side and like, if they lose, they lose, but there's z- there is no intimidation factor that this team has.
that Jared Allen is a, uh, a, a top player in the league. But what I am saying is that being <laughs> number one in, in win shares uh, 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 per 48 is saying something. Uh, these double-doubles are not a fluke. The 20 rebounds the other night was not a fluke. The 18 rebounds the other night was not a fluke. Jared Allen is the real deal, and, the, and, and his presence uh, allowed Karis LeVert to be Karis LeVert last night. D- Jared Allen is showing us that Spencer Dinwiddie knows how to scout. Spencer Dinwiddie said that uh, Jared Allen would be top five center in the league. Uh, and we're seeing the look at that Rudy Gobert back to back slapping to um uh uh Embiid as well. Gentlemen, I, I'm Jared Allen is special. Can 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 you D Rock tell me how Jared Allen has surprised you the most in, in the uh last few games? That's a good question. Um, The first thing that actually stands out to me when I thought about Jared Allen, because I I liked how he put on weight. And uh, they had a graphic on on the Yes Network. Uh, I think he's added five pounds each year. So uh, he's almost 20 pounds heavier right now than when he started in the league. And something I caught up with, big time, big time. And um, something that I caught off of you, Eves, what you, you said in one of your podcasts before, um, I actually said this on ESPN, he's younger than Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. So the man is just getting bigger, stronger, and better each, each season. Um, and I said one thing that I wanted to see him add to his arsenal was a mid-range shot because we know with Kenny, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty much lobs and dunks. But when he started breaking that out and – he looked a little hesitant, so I know it's something that he's still working on. But if you add that aspect to his game now, he goes from averaging – I don't know what he's averaging right now. I can look it up real quick. But um, he could easily average about five to six more points uh, just just adding that mid-range shot into his, into his arsenal. He's averaging uh, 10.8, so let's say 11. So he could easily get up to 15 – and with the rebounds per game and the blocks per game, um, you're right. He he probably is top five center. Um, you know, you go Embiid, Jokic, Bam. I don't know if you say Sabonis is a center. I I, I look at him as a power forward. But um, you can, yeah, you can, I think you could say he's a top five center in the league. And then look what he's able to do on the defensive end. Not only is he able to guard big men like Embiid and and Gobert. He's able to go out on the perimeter. I think that's probably his best aspect. He's able. He's actually able to go out there on the perimeter and hold his own if he gets caught in the pick and roll and be able to contain the ball handler and pretty much force him into a bad shot. And, you know, as long as you got a big forward out there capable of grabbing the rebounds, that's a win for Brooklyn. So I don't, know, I don't know what Sean Marks is going to do in terms of his free agency. Um, but you was right, you're right. You said it on your last podcast. He's gonna have to open up Joe Sy's checkbook and oh, yeah. back and up the Brink truck. I, I I hear it beeping. I hear the big the Brink. Every time I see Jared on the court, I can hear the uh, the beep 
beep, beep, uh, beep. The backing up of the Brinks truck that uh, <laughs> that they have to pay him. You you the the kid is a star, and and the type of star that you need. Not see, Carl Anthony Towns is amazing, uh, right, Sam? But you would prefer your center to just get you twenty rebounds, guard the protect the rim, and block two shots a night. Sam, is anything I'm saying wrong? No, I mean they also they they don't have any reason to. It's it's honestly kind of similar to the logic we used about about not needing Harden. They don't need a center to to do all that. What they need is exactly what he does. Like he he is the perfect player for this uh, for this team right now, and it's why we've been uh, full on basically since game one or two, saying he's the third most important guy on this team. Like he he just is. He's I mean, and and he's also in a lot of ways becoming the heart and soul of the team. Um. And, and, and it's honestly awesome to see. And look, like there's a lot of guys in the league. This is something that I think people don't talk enough about, but there's a lot of guys in the league, kind of like the six uh, ten point guard. We saw the Nets play today who have a ton of talent and skill, but don't really get that much better. And like all the Simmons moves that I saw today were the same moves I saw in the playoffs two years ago when I was at like game four of the series. Like it's the same, it's the same stuff. And he's a phenomenal talent, but like you see someone like Jared and like, Every game you see something different that he that he's added to his repertoire. He had a move. I don't. Know, I don't know if you guys remember this. He had a move where he he pump faked and then and then like pivoted his body and then like just had a lefty layup on Embiid. That I was like, that was a move he would have never done last year. It was just confidence in his own footwork and in what he's got going on. Defenses have to submit to him in in the sense of if we don't if we don't back off you know, the ball handler, they'll throw him a oop and he gets off the ground so fast that it's indefensible. And, and it's almost like the comparison between him and, and DeAndre are so striking now that when DeAndre comes on the floor, like it, it, the, the opposing center just transforms. Like that's when that was when Embiid started getting back in the game. Um, uh, was when DeAndre hit the floor and, and you know, it, I, I really don't understand who was sitting in the room when the decision to start DeAndre Jordan was made. Like, what were, what were they analyzing? What did you see? Because Nets fans don't agree on anything. But I think we all kind of agree, like, you know, Jared is better than DeAndre now. And now it's just striking. Like, the difference between the two is uh, 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 immense. You know, Sam, in this game, uh, obviously, Philly is coming off a, a back-to-back. So, uh, some Nets fans will say, you know, we should almost strike that, right? But... It's not their first back-to-back. They won their last back-to-back. And you're, you're talking about a team who's at the very top of the league. And this, is, this wasn't a close game. Like, it wasn't as if they were just a step slow. Or what, we punished them. It, is, was this a fluky win? Or, was, or, or do you see things that, that uh, uh, give you more confidence that the Nets could be even better than what they are right now? No, I mean, like, I, I think 
I think for all the talk about like this is it was the back to back yada yada like I mean the team that had the, the that had the excuse going into this game was the Nets like I know that they were I know that they were at home and they had at least had one day off but I mean like you're talking about your two best guys not playing and it seemed like with the Kyrie thing it was pretty unexpected so I mean I don't know like like look we've we've been making excuses for for the Sixers for however long this Embiid Simmons era has been going on for three, four years. Like they, like they, they, they show up some games and everyone thinks they're title contenders and the next game. People think that they could be out in the first round. So I like, and not to mention that, I mean, they played a, they played a pretty like relatively mediocre to bad team yesterday in the wizards. And then like got to play us without our, without our two best guys and three of our best five guys. So, I mean, right. I don't know. I like. I think like if the Sixers want to want to hold their hat on that, like let them do it. But I th- I thought this was an really. I think this was simultaneously a really impressive Nets win and at the same time a pathetic Sixers effort. Sam, I'm going to come back with to you with this question too because I think it's it's important that we all answer it. Um, but D Rock, tell me, how much do you think? Uh, uh, the that Kyrie not showing up today hurt the the Nets, you know, as a group. Like I, it it seems like the coach was blindsided today. It wasn't even like a message was sent to him. Hey, I'm not showing up. I'll explain later. It was just no communication at all. Like, do you think that psychologically hampered the the Nets? It didn't. It didn't look like it. Um. You know, and if it and if it didn't bother the net, the the Nets, why not? Hmm. I would say I, I don't I don't know why Kyrie. Um, I I when I was looking at Twitter earlier, um, I saw some people getting that scoop B because he basically put out there that Kyrie decided he just didn't feel like playing. Um, so I I, I haven't scouted uh, scouted Twitter to see what else is going on, but. I don't think it had an effect on the Nets. And the reason why is because uh, I think they're going to accept pretty much whatever reason that Kyrie gives them. And I think also internally, I believe the Nets think that they can hang with anybody because they've been doing it without KD all of last season, pretty much. They've been holding their own. And I think they're pretty good even without Kyrie. And and it, it was on display tonight that, Harris is able to lead this team that Joe Harris, he's a $75 million man for a reason. Uh, Jared Allen. I, I, I honestly believe he told Sean Marks, Hey, you know, you want to give me four years, 52 million. I think I'm worth more than that. So I'm going to hold out and I'm going to prove to you not only by producing on the court, but I'm going to break up this little three-way love triangle between KD Kyrie and Deandre. And I'm going to force Steve Nash to start me. And you're going to see how much I'm worth. So no. I think these guys have the mindset that they can do it and they can hang with the best of them. I I thought so. I mean, uh, if you if you're gonna compare uh, Karras to his generation of player, it doesn't seem like he's ever afraid. You know, going back to that to that um, playoff series with Philly, it doesn't seem like he's ever afraid to face up with. Um, with uh, uh, Ben Simmons, he he plays him like he thinks he's his peer, 
and um and that's pretty impressive to uh, to to watch i i um i look at the Kyrie thing as uh as something that should have hurt them mentally when the more i, I like i i didn't want to just judge it because i didn't know what what happened to Kyrie and um in a sense i'm kind of like trying to send good vibes out to the universe because you know i'm hoping nothing is wrong with him but uh but it it i also am, am kind of scared to 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 deal with the fact that it could mean more than that he could have really just didn't feel like playing basketball what do we do with that sam so, all right, so I guess over the last five – I just checked my phone for the first time a little bit. So over the last couple of minutes, there's been a lot of stuff reported on it. So so he's not he's not flying with the team to Memphis tonight. Um, and they said that he did – they said that he did communicate with the team before the game. It seemed like that – whatever that story was about how Nash texted him and he didn't respond back, whatever. And, and like Irving made it known that he wasn't going to be playing and he talked to the team about it. It doesn't look like people have reasons for why specifically. They're still saying personal reasons. Um, and and he personally, it looks like, texted even some of the players. Like Levert said that he knew and stuff like that even before, I guess, Levert, even even before Irving had addressed the full team. Um, I mean, I, I just hope things are good with him. I think, like, I mean, who knows who, who knows what's going on? Um, but Someone said I think he had a kid. Any, you, does anybody seen anything like that? That did he have a kid? Oh, I don't. I, that, yeah, that I have no. I that I have no idea. That'd be a pretty big reason not to play a game. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with whatever, with whatever. If if you could even he could have even said, you know what, I think my body needs a rest. I know my body, and I'm trying to protect myself for the long haul. He could have said that, and I'm like, okay, I, I I have to trust him that he knows his body. I'd be disappointed not to see him play, but I would have to trust him, and I and I think being safe is is the best way. I I think I would accept almost anything, but what I'm having a hard time accepting is nothing. Is you know, but what I'm guessing here is. And maybe it's because I'm a homer of a of a Nets fan, and you could indict me of that if if that's what what this is. Um, but I, I think I think he probably just wanted to keep private that he was having a child, and um, his teammates know. His uh, his uh, uh, friends know, and. Um, and they also know that he doesn't want it out there. So if I, I don't know if that's me, like <laughs> I don't know if that's me and my love for Kyrie, basically uh, uh, making up a story for him. But that's what I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Sam, am I, am I a fool <laughs> to think to think that one? No, I mean, look, like I have no, like i have no reason he hasn't done anything in his time with the nets that would that like makes me think that i should be doubting him and he's been like as we talked about you know me me and eve on the verge of needing uh tissues and crying about it like <laughs> like the, i mean 
I mean, we've been huge fans of him. He's been an awesome presence in the locker room. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust him. And like, it, and it seems the most important thing is that it seems like the team likes him. So like for like the, the media clearly doesn't like it. We've talked about that a ton and there's a lot of reasons for that. And like the media is going to try to make this into some, into some huge thing instead of the fact that maybe he just actually has something really personal going on. And I think, and I think it should be like left to that, you know, you know, uh, and again, like for me, the part that almost absolves him in a, in a way, if, if it is what I, what I, I hope, it is, <laughs> um, but the other part of me is like, no matter what it was, it's just it's important that you communicate with your boss about what's going on, especially if you especially if you communicated with your teammates. Um, it's like unforced errors, right? You know, D Rock. It, it was uh-huh. there a better way to do this or? Or is almost anything Kyrie does is 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 it acceptable? I, I'm almost torn because I I can see it from both perspectives because I I I have my best man and my brother they're both Knicks fans so you know, I I get it you know I'm almost two on one when it comes to these guys I you know they'll say oh you know Kyrie's missing the game you know he didn't want to play against a Philadelphia team who's expected to do some things in the playoffs without his boy KD. So the Nets knew they were going to lose without KD. So Kyrie is like, all right, well, since we're going to lose, I'm not going to play either. You know, that's kind of the narrative that you may hear some fans bring up on, let's say, a particular radio station. But if he communicated, that's right. And and we know that's not the case. But on the other hand, you know, us Nets fans, we'll, we'll say, well, he communicated with his, teammates and you know I, I don't know what the deal is with steve nash but uh you know if they if they know what's going on then that's all right you know it just gives the you know the, the parents looks bad you know so i guess there was a better way he could have handled it you know hopefully in the future uh i'm and, and i'm going to give Kyrie the benefit of the doubt too uh, particularly because i'm looking back now at what he said or or written or what he wrote uh what was that the training camp or you know before the season started about uh, he's focused on playing well and winning championships. So he had the written statement without talking to anybody in the media. And we all understood what he was doing. He basically wanted to put it out there for everybody to focus on. And everybody, you know, from Brian Windhorst to, I know your nickname for him, <laughs> uh, but Brian Windhorst to, uh, you know, some other people on uh, the Brian, <laughs> Brian Breakwind. Well, <laughs> definitely. You know, he, he 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 wanted it to be focused on the game, and and that was it. You know, and if they couldn't get that, then nothing Kyrie does is going to be acceptable in their eyes, even if he did it the right way. So, and they're going to say, oh, it was a TNT game. You know, whatever it is, you could have. You know, if he had a kid, then they better not say anything about it because I'll, I'll I'll go on their stations to rip them myself if they try that crap. But. I don't think anything he he could have done would have satisfied anybody. So I think we just have to wait to see what, if anything, if he you know if he puts it out there, what it was that prevented him from playing tonight and going to Memphis to play tomorrow. Yeah, I, you know, it didn't seem like a distraction tonight, you know. Nope. Um So I, I'll take that. Yo, Torian Prince, that's two <laughs> games in a row, kind of. Uh, you know, uh, uh, giving giving the Nets something. 
you know, Sam, is 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 Torian Prince back? Are 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 we going to eat our words about Torian Prince? I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know, like to say to say he's back means he was once there. So I don't know. If, I I don't. I mean, I think he's look. He's playing. He's definitely playing with more confidence, and he seems like he's just going to be one of those guys that uh, that's in his head a little bit. I mean, look, even like with Shan that you can tell so like, cause he's kind of in that similar uh, vein in terms of just uh, streakiness and with Shan that you can tell he wants to get it going so badly and, and you feel for him when he, when he's missing and then you're happy for him when he's making. But I mean, the most important thing is I think Prince has also been super effective on, on, uh, on D and I also find, and uh, Eve, you mentioned this a lot maybe two or three podcasts ago, he even seems more in control just on like some of the layups and stuff he's taken, which I think just speaks to his general confidence. What about you guys? His layup package is horrible still, but he's made some. <laughs> like the luck of the Irish has been with him <laughs> and some of them have. Yes. Uh, if Torian Prince could just play small forward, he'll he'll be better than what he was at power, at power forward. He's a complete disaster. He's a complete zero. But at small forward, you could stick him in there uh, a game here and there. But you know, I I want to I want to offer something to you while we're on the subject of of Torian Prince. I've been talking about it on Twitter, and I wanted to uh, get it on wax. I'm. I'm going to propose a lineup to you, D-Rock. Tell me what you think. Right? Okay. So when the Nets are fully healthy, uh, minus Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie, because we know he's not coming back, right? But could you imagine a lineup of Kyrie, Joe Harris at the two, continuing to bring Harris off the bench? So Kyrie, Joe Harris at the two, KD at the three. KD has shown us this year that he could stay in front of guards. He's he's a seven foot guard, right? We 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 understand that about Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant can still guard small forwards, and I'd prefer him on 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 um, on small forwards over power forwards. Now, my suggestion at the four, at the wing four. Not playing like a traditional power forward. I'm not asking for him to operate like Chris Webber, uh, D-Rocks. Hang with me here. Is Nick Claxton when he's healthy. I think Nick Claxton, his game would suit today's NBA. He would start at the three-point line. He would dribble drive. He, he, he can knock down an open three. He has beautiful form. And... He would just be such a great compliment to Jared Allen at the five. You could be almost seven footers at three at three spots without them needing to do the same thing. All three of them do very different things. And the space on the floor from just that would be amazing. And no one can outbig us. Like, they would have shut down the Sixers completely tonight if they had... Uh, 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 Nick Claxton at the four. D Rock, have I sold you on that idea? Tell me what you think. <laughs> well, let me start with the backcourt. So Kyrie and Joe, and we know 
that Nash right now has Bruce Brown starting there. And I I like the idea, but I don't think I'm all the way with it. I, I think I'd rather have Joe start there. So uh, the backcourt, you definitely sold me there. KD at the three, we both agree. You know, we, we've been saying it all along. KD at the four would be a disaster. You know, we've seen him get punked around quite a bit by a few forwards in the league, um, including the tsunami poppy that plays with Golden State. You know, that you know, so KD at the three. His lateral movement does uh, – I, I don't think he's all the way back yet. You know, I, I've, I've seen him get beat by Tatum when it was a, a bigger wing, but um, – He's he's gotten beat off the dribble a, a, a little bit, but that would be his best position. Clax at the four, though. Um, one thing with him is his availability. You know, your best ability is availability. So he's he's you know I hope he's working out and you know on the Jared Allen plan or you yeah. know maybe you maybe you put him on the I forget the homeboy that played with us uh, Wilson Chandler. You know, get him in those PDs and bulk him up. You know, <laughs> so he can stay strong. You know, as long as he don't get caught Chandler, and get suspended for Wilson Chandler got to give up the um, got to give up the connect. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, with him, I'm not all the way there yet. I I, I kind of like the idea. I I'll tell you what my dream scenario is. You know, basically everybody you said. But my dream scenario, because I'm not necessarily too high on Jeff Green, even though he had a pretty good game today, though I would like a few more rebounds. But just the idea of him being out there with Jared Allen, a bigger body to put on centers and help him rebound, because Jared Allen is the is 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 the rebound monster. You know, he's gobbling those things up. So if you got a bigger body out there to box out, then those rebounds are all going to Jared. My dream scenario, though, because I see Jeff Green. Uh, eventually falling apart. I think he's going to be on the bench with DeAndre uh, eventually. My dream scenario, though, is Reggie Perry at the four. And I know he's a rookie, and I know right now they're playing him at the backup five. But not even a backup five. He's the third string five. But he, He's not ready for the smoke. He's, he's not. He, he may not be. He may not be. But I'm, I'm – and I don't want to throw this out there, you know, because, you know, it's kind of bring negative vibes. But um, – Rodion's Kuroks is always injured. You know, he's rolling the ankle. I, and I saw tonight Perry was out as well. But there's going to come an opportunity for him. And when that opportunity comes, I think he's going to run with that ball. And Steve Nash is going to have to say, you know what? I got something here. And I think I have to see how much I can get out of this kid. I'm just hoping and praying that that opportunity comes for him. But that's my dream scenario. Um, but right now, I think it's just going to be Jeff Green. And let's see how long he lasts. But hopefully he lasts a whole lot longer than I'm giving him. Uh, if there was one part of tonight that I didn't like, Sam, I, I was not impressed with Chris Chioza. I, <laughs> um, yep. I, uh, I, I, I just don't think he has enough defense to uh to be an NBA um um backup point guard. He he did some things great and it's like I root for the guy. I I really like Chios. I, I I think he has something to offer. However, he just doesn't have enough defense. Sam, Sam am I down on him for for the wrong reasons? No, I feel super guilty about it because I because I really like him and and I like how hard he plays, and the whole team seems to really like him. You're a height racist. No, I'm just... <laughs> I, I was the shortest kid in my high school freshman year, uh, so I so I know what it's like. But but 
But, uh, I, like, yeah, I mean, look, they got... I, I think something that uh, we'll end up talking about more probably when more... Uh, with more information comes out, but like the Nets obviously like applied for that uh, player exception because of the Dinwiddie injury and, and they will be able to hopefully use that on, on someone, maybe someone of actual like value, especially if the buyout market ever heats up as well. And I think, and I think Gio's is the missing is the, is the, uh, is going to draw the, uh, the shortest stick. Cause I don't really, cause I don't really know who else they would cut for that spot. Like I don't like, I think like Perry, they obviously drafted. I, I think they've gone too much out of um, Tyler Johnson in the bubble. And also like, he's, he's, he's a bigger guy. He's a lefty. I think that provides something. I don't really see anybody else getting caught unless, unless Kuruks does like another bonehead thing, like later. Like I just, I think, I think he's the guy to, to, to look out for if they, uh, if they enter into the buyout market. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, even though I really don't want to be. Look, could I hop on that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. If 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 they were to go to the buyout market, let's say Chioza uh, is the odd man out. What position do you think Sean Marks would look to fill? Huh. He'd probably add another guard if he could. Um, <laughs> um, Jamal Crawford. <laughs> I, I I can't see him bringing um, Jamal's not. You know, like like you said, um, the best ability is availability. Um, yeah, and he's not going to be available. Um, I, I really have no 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 answers. That's why I've been looking within. Um, but you know, watching tonight, it's like there's a lot of guys who could just just by stepping up, just by getting comfortable, uh, could take a lot of pressure off this team. And you know, Landry Shamit could play, man. I, I I I I've seen him on other teams. I liked what I saw. But these twenty eight percent shooting nights, man. Uh... By, by the way, the one, the sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The one guy who I have heard some rumblings about uh, to answer D Rock's question was uh, was former Net Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who was who was coming. That was that. That's a name that I've heard a little bit here and there of uh, of someone the Nets the Nets should target. I, like. I'm, I was kind of I was kind of over the the Ronde era, but I I think there's worse people they could they could sign as a fifteenth man than him. I, I'd be shocked if it was Ronde. I think Ronde's next step is China. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I I just don't see it. He can't he can't make a layup. Uh, and and we have too many people who can't make layups. Like Shaman can't buy a layup. Shaman shot fifty percent from three and and. And still shot twenty eight percent from everything else, um, you know. Uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan was was one for four tonight. We can't add another person that can't make layups. We need someone who's who's going to, uh, you know, do you know what we thought uh, Rondé was going to do, like be athletic, dunk on people, energy rebounds, energy layups, putbacks, you know. Like, Rondé can't buy a putback sometimes. Yeah, I think if he's got, he's the only player that's got a worse layup package than Torian Prince. That, <laughs> no, and 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 in some of the things that I've got to question Sean Marks for, like Landry Shamit can't buy a layup either. And, no, he can't. You know what I mean? So uh, these guys are shooters. Uh, uh, and, and we got to see that tonight, and but somehow, somehow this team was able to 
to overcome. Um, uh, Karis Levert was plus 23 tonight. I don't think we've talked about him enough. Uh, <laughs> he was plus 23 tonight. He gave us 22 points, seven rebounds. He shot 36%. He's so inefficient, but like he looked like the best player on the court. Am, am, am I overhyping my eldest son? I don't think so. Um, I'm looking at a stat line right now, double-double, uh, three rebounds away from a triple-double. Um, I don't necessarily look at that as, a, as you know, the make-all. But he um, shot 40% from free throw, from the free throw. Like, Karis, what yeah. are you doing, boy? <laughs> Sam, what, what's the mental block that, that, that Karis has that's keeping himself, he's keeping himself from, from superstardom? What's happening with Karis? I mean, he look. I think he's look. He's been put in a tough spot because he's he's going in and out of. I mean, he was the best player they had on the team in the bubble. Then he goes back to being like third, fourth banana. Now he's now he again was the the primary option. So I I do think it's hard when your role is switching uh, is switching constantly. So I, like from that perspective, I hear you. I mean, he it. I still have no matter what his percentages are. This year it hasn't been good. I still don't really trust him from three. Like I think he's just, I think he's way better, kind of doing the, the driving to the lane, hesitating, he, pumping. He was over five from three today. Yeah, and, and he can shoot. And in the gym, he, I, like I forgot what what it was, but he had he owns the record for most three pointers made in a certain amount of time, and um, Joe Harris hasn't been able to duplicate that. So, for me, it's like. There's a shooter in there, but he's not focused. I don't know, Sam. Am I crazy? I I, I don't got anything, Drock. What do you? Well, I, I look at his shooting form. I, I've never liked that quick release that that shooting form of his. Yeah, if you look flicker. at Joe Harris's shooting form, yeah, yeah, it, exactly right. It almost reminds you of Sean Marion. Mm. Oh, it's yeah, not that ugly. It's not that ugly. It's ugly, but it's not that ugly. Yeah, but but Joe Harris's shot is so smooth. You know, even when he misses, like when he shoots it, you're like, oh man, that's going in. If, if, I, I think they got to work on his form, and he has to pretty much stick with what he's good at. You know, go where your bread is buttered. That mid-range game for him is perfect. Mid-range and down. Like I, if he takes an open three-point shot because. Uh, because Kyrie or KD broke somebody off the dribble and you're shooting it, then fine, that's a great shot. But not when you're dribble, 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 you're not passing anybody. You know, you get the pick from DeAndre, you get the pick from Allen, you go to the corner and shoot a three, um, he, which he did tonight. I think he did that a couple of times, and they both missed. So um, got to go where your bread is buttered, mid-range shot and below. I think he did an amazing job guarding um, Ben Simmons. So I'll I'll add that also to to uh, the stars that I'm gonna give Karis. He shot over five from three. That's that's unacceptable. But at the same time, he was such a force tonight that look, Chris Chioza was negative ten tonight, right? Karis Levert was was a plus twenty three. He really really uh, uh, imposed his will on this game, and he he did look like the best player, even though. You know, some facets of, it, uh, facets of his game sucked. 
All right, fellas, let's let's do our three things and get the hell out of here. Um, so I'll explain the each one as we as we do them. Um, uh, D Rock, the first one we're gonna do tonight is give us a stat. Like we're all looking at the box score, right? Give us a stat that tells us the story of the game. D Rock, since you're our guest, you start. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the point, the points off the turnovers. Mm. Mm. 76 has had 20 of them. We only had 12, but they were only able to get seven points while we got 35. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that'll win a ball game. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's an, that's an excellent one for, for your first time on the show. You, you really hit that out the park, man. I appreciate you, D-Rock. Sam, thank you, thank you. give me that stat. You know, I'm going to go with something that's negative about the Nets but kind of shows that they still had control of the game. And, Eve, you hit on this at the beginning of the pod. Uh, Nets go 19 of 19 of 29 from the free throw line, 66%. And at times they could have put this game away even earlier. And it definitely gave the Sixers life that they that they kept missing their free throws. And by the way, did anyone else? I found the Nets like they almost looked uncomfortable taking the free throws. Like Harris's were gross, and the Verts were bad. Like there was something I don't know. Even there was KD a very is weird, not like, shooting his normal self in three. Like whoever's coaching them in three um, in at the free throw line, uh, I think it's it needs to be fired. Like what? It's weird. <laughs> Because, you know, KD is a 90% from, from the free throw line guy. And he's missed some some in, in low-pressure situations, man. I'm, I'm, I've been disappointed with that. And it, and that's a that's a great point out. You wanted to add anything to that? No. I mean, you, I mean, you like, uh, like, like, you hit it. What's your, what's your stat? So, like, I, I talked about so much about, um, you know, uh, Jared Allen's win shares, offensive win shares. Like, he's – because you know it's real what's happening with Jared Allen because um, you see it in the advanced stats almost unanimously. His stat dorks are going to be drooling over this guy as, as, as as he comes on their radar. But for me, it's, it's, if, it's putting the mirror image of Joel Embiid having 20 and 12 and shooting 50%. That's that's a that's a pretty good game and it and and you know just repeating the numbers you know Jared Allen 15 and 11, you know 83% from the field. Uh you know one block. Jared Allen beyond these numbers which makes it seem like it was close. Um had a way better game than 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 Embiid. In, in, in I, I mean, I, I hope I don't sound like I'm 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 crazy here, but that's why you need the advanced. Uh, you know, I I tried to look at all of the advanced uh, analytics across the board, and if if it was a couple of them, you know, he was in the top ten, top top fifteen, top top twenty, and then, you know, maybe I would have more doubts about Jared Allen. But because advanced analytics wise, he is across the board and in, in, in with the biggest names in the league, and and even though you know centers tend to 
to you know do a little bit better uh, in, in those uh, 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 win shares ratings. Still, he all things being equal is putting a, a having a heavy effect on on the game and his defense. His like you could just feel how different the Nets' defense was when DeAndre came in the game. And so, um, I, I, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily, um, you know, plus minus, but it's, it's just, you know, Jared Allen, like he, he just basically disproves all the stats in, in, in my mind because no way. And, and, and am I tripping, uh, uh Sam, uh, no way did, did, uh, Embiid have a better game than Jared tonight. No, I, I mean, not at all. I mean, look, it's like for, for Embiid, it's, it can be easier for him to kind of rack up stats because of his size and because of his talent. But like, I mean, Allen, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty clear that Allen outplayed him today. Like, yeah. I mean, like, and, and, and Embiid had like a little bit of the, the huffing and puffing going up the court. And like, yeah, like you look at Embiid's, that's kind of the thing with him. Like the, like with Embiid, with, with a lot of these stars, when you end up having such an expectation like it's not that hard for them at a certain point to put up stats, but you know, like when they're having a good game, or when they're having a, you, you know, when LeBron has a great triple double and when he's got like his mediocre triple double. <laughs> exactly, and you know, like again, I, I, I'm, I find myself quoting, and I think it's because we, we, you know, we're doing the nightly thing, but plus minus, B was negative sixteen tonight, and uh, uh, Jared was the opposite of that, so uh, I. I, I really appreciate that, and, and I'm going to let it flow right into I'll go with and give you my player that had um, the play of the night that um, uh, that to me um, told the story of the game. When we're, when we're trying to measure out what Jared Allen could be and why he's so dominant, there was this one play uh, where Jared is, is diving into the lane um, you know, and, and it was I don't, it was it was a mini fast break, and um, and somehow uh, it it became a foot race between Jared Allen and um, Embiid to the rim, and he was just so much faster than Embiid. Like that play, just like like it, he was like two. <laughs> and, I know they're not thoroughbred horses, but he was two links ahead of him. Like he was just gone on on um, Embiid, and that to me that just showed like how much raw, you know, uh, uh, talent that this guy, uh, you know, Jared Allen has. He's fast off the floor. He's quick. Like he bounds. Um, you know, he touches the floor and he's back up again. He's a uh, he's definitely a. A, a fast twitch player, uh, uh, but he's the perfect player, uh, and that show, you know, you know that play embodied why he was, you know, so dominant tonight. Um, uh, D Rock, what play uh, uh, told the story for you? So this one wasn't necessarily a play, um, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. It was actually a moment. And my moment slash play is when um, when Jared Allen was being guarded by Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard got called for a foul. I think before oh, I the ball it. was even inbounded, 
And Jared Allen kept his composure. We saw what Dwight was trying to do. Yeah. You know, Dwight Howard's not the player he used to be. Uh, definitely not the gazelle that Jared Allen is now, um, right now in, in, in his current form. So he yeah. tried to intimidate him by pushing him around. And Jared Allen kept his head in the game. And maybe if that was a younger Jared. And, and Jared Allen's been like that, I think, since he came in the league, uh, to be honest. You know, He's he, he may not have had the weight. Yeah. So that, to me, uh, kind of rubbed off. You know, you saw that poise mm-hmm. throughout the, the throughout the rest of the team. But that moment right there typified uh, what what I saw was the difference tonight in between uh, mindsets of of the two teams, where Philly they were grasping that straws almost, and Brooklyn had it in their hand all along. No, I love that. I love that. That 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 definitely uh, was something I noticed as well, Sam. So I'm going to go pretty simple. I thought that the little run that uh, Harris went on in both the third and fourth quarter was just kind of pouring cold water on any little run that uh, that um, that Philly was going to go on. And I think if Harris doesn't hit a couple of those threes, even even like as we all know, like with the way that the NBA works and how fast a league can evaporate, there's a big difference between leading by 11 and leading by 14 and 14 and 17. And I thought Harris put like every single insurance into, into that game to make sure they had it. Indeed. Great, great choice. Excellent choice. I don't even mean to cheer you on. I don't want to be the, the soccer mom just cheering on any, anything you do. You kick, you kick an own goal. Oh, that was excellent for him. <laughs> um, no, that was actually really great. Uh, uh, Sam. Now, Sam, going right back to you, uh, just to close this out. Tonight, what player typified why the result of this game tonight? You know, there's a lot of different I, – I was going back and forth because, you know, Harris is a good choice. Jared Allen's a good choice. I mean, I, like, I, like, I honestly thought it was just such a nice, like – uh, t- team effort generally. Now I kind of sound like the the soccer Aww. mom, but like I mean, nobody like, gets I, awards. <laughs> <laughs> We're all so, winners. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, I guess I would probably go. I guess I'd probably go Joe Harris because I thought he really put this uh, his statement on it. But I thought that I thought Lever- I thought the combo of Lavert and Allen mm. clearly viewed this game as like uh, okay, like who cares that the two top guys are out? Like we're still here. And and so the, I guess those are the now I'm giving three guys so I'm giving a trophy to almost everyone. But what that, about that's what a cop out. I'm gonna let you do it tonight, but never do that again. No, I'll never do it again. <laughs> Just such a beautiful yeah, great win. To that one too, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, D Rock, you next. All right, so I'm going to say Karis Levert. Um, I, I like TLC because he was active. He was persistent. Um, but I'm going to say Karis LeVert. The reason why is because this team, no, this game rather, needed somebody to take it over and pretty much to close it out. And to me, it was Karis LeVert that basically said, we're not losing this game tonight. And if I had to say who was trying to do that on the other end, it wasn't even the two big stars. To me, it was Shake Milton. Oh, yeah. Um, and and the problem with that with that was for Philly, I don't think Shake Milton got enough shot attempts. Um, uh, I, I think he only got thirteen, but he made eight of them. Mm. I go look that up real quick. But 
Cavis uh, LeVert pretty much took this game in his hands and said, we're not going to lose. You know, he was engaged. Um, his, his, his mental perseverance, you know, the extra efforts, everything, uh, that, that to me is why I'm, I'm giving this reward to Karras. You know, Karras is not a bad choice. Um, you know, to take us home, I, I, I want to talk about, about just the type of player that every team that's going to win a championship needs. You know, it's not the third superstar. It's not the, you know, the the defensive uh, uh, stopper. You know, it's a guy who's going to give you winning plays no matter how you deploy him. And that's Joe Harris, especially tonight. Not only because Joe Harris led uh, the Nets, didn't lead the Nets in minutes, but he was second in minutes. Uh, Karras gave him 32 tonight. Joe Harris gave us 28, six rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Um, this this dude, man, like uh, Sam, a, a, a theme that we have, an ongoing theme that we have is about willingness and, and as a part of selflessness. Like you can you can be thinking about your 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 teammates, uh, uh, you know, first but not doing the right things. Willingness shows that you're willing to do the right things necessary to win. And Joe Harris exemplifies that. He came off the, um, the bench and just, it just took the game by his throat. Uh, for as much as the, the, the roses we threw at, at, at um, you know, Karis LeVert and, and Jared Allen tonight, and, and even Torian Prince and Jeff Green, who both played very good tonight. You don't win if Jeff Green and Torian Prince don't get 13 and 14, respectively. Um, uh, not to mention, you know, Timothy Lawal Cabarro's nine. But Jared, Joe Harris just uh, doing a little bit of everything the entire game is what is going to lead us to a championship. Sometimes you have eccentric uh, stars like Kyrie Irving. Sometimes you have mercurial stars like Kevin Durant, who really, you know, Kevin Durant didn't really want to talk to you like that. But having a guy like Joe Harris at, at, at being the bedrock of a team, being steady, and, uh, you know, uh, like my man D-Rock said tonight, uh, uh, availability is a, a important ability. Um, uh, th- there's no doubt about it. And, and Joe Harris is dependable. He does a little bit of. He's not just a floor spacing three point shooter. Joe Harris is a winning complement to anything you put on the floor. And I say uh, had the most to do with uh, uh, why we won tonight, gentlemen. I'm going to ask one question before I let you go. I know we're, we're going long. <laughs> it, it, it always seems to go oh, this good. way. Uh, oh, good. Sam, beating the Sixers tonight, does that mean anything towards be, uh, winning a championship? Uh, in terms I'm... of, in terms of, let, let me, let me, draw out the question a little bit more in terms of we didn't have Kyrie, we didn't have KD and we, you know, we put 
a beating on the top team in the league right now? Does it mean anything? So I don't think it means – I think from for the Nets themselves, I don't think it means anything. I think we learned a lot. I think we're learning a lot. Or maybe we're not learning anything, but we're re- it's reinforcing a lot what we already thought about the Sixers. That's what I thought about today. And given that we've all been thinking that the Sixers may have to be the team to beat in the East and who knows if they do a Harden trade, whatever it is, if the team stays like this, I think it's clear that this Nets team, even without their two top guys, is just not intimidated by them. I, I want to argue with you, but I can't. D-Rock, argue with Sam. Disagree with him. <laughs> Take us out with, with, with some disharmony. Uh, I, uh, uh, what yep. do you think about that? Is is it mean that no KD, no Kyrie, does it mean anything? It does because it's more evidence for Nash to figure out what's necessary to win a championship. Mm. And look, look what happened tonight. You know, no KD, so you can't. You're not going to play small ball. You played bigger. Jeff Green at the four, Torian Prince at the three, keeping Torian at the three. Um, Joe Harris off the bench once again. Uh, Bruce Brown, he 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 had impact, not necessarily on the stat on on the stat line, but that's another component. Like when you when you look at uh, Joe Harris, um, you know Sam, you said something about him putting cold water on the fires that that Philadelphia was starting. Does that mean that Joe Harris is now the fireman off the bench? You know that that's that's a good question for for Sean Marks or not yeah. Sean Marks. Well, actually, yeah, for Sean Marks and Steve Nash to uh, you know to to talk about. Right, you can uh, go either way. That they're, they're like uh, uh, you know opposite players. For me, I like I like uh, Brown off the bench because I think they need another ball handler on on um, the second team. I think I think uh, uh, Torian Prince and 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 Landry Shamit can't get their own offense, so you need a guy like Bruce Brown besides Karis LeVert to to get those guys the ball, but there it goes. You 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 pulled me down a rabbit hole. I didn't mean to go down. Go ahead, finish up, uh, D Rock. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, yeah, because because now now I'm thinking now does that make Karis LeVert our official backup point guard? Because uh, I, I do I did like that idea. That's why I like Chioza a bit more than even Tyler Johnson because I I see Chioza even though he's uh, smaller stature. Uh, yeah, he's a liability a bit more on the defensive end, but I saw him more as a facilitator. So you could have played Karras off ball and 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 have him operate like that, uh, which get, which gives him another another avenue to attack a team rather than just having the ball and always looking to penetrate and you know do what he does with the ball. Uh, so it's just more evidence for Steve Nash to look at and figure out what's going to work, what needs to work, what he needs to not do. Uh, which is, you know, that small ball crap. <laughs> uh, you know, it looks like that's uh, look like that's going away uh, uh, sooner than we probably anticipated it would. But I'm glad to see it. No, I'm I'm happy to see it too. D Rock, tell them tell them where they can reach you at uh, on Twitter again. Yep, my uh, my handle is D Rock uh, D hyphen R O C K. That simple. A uh, nice-looking picture with me and uh, standing in front of a car. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the classic, the 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 Irving classic pose. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yo, uh, it's been a pleasure, my man. My man, my other partner, partner. Remind them where they can find you on Twitter. 
Samuel Lachow, L-A-C-H-O-W. Uh, by the way, we should uh, let let the people know, even though they'll listen to this later, and I'm sure they'll see on Twitter, but it looks like Seth Curry had a positive test of corona, so the Sixers are now staying Ooh. in New York. Sixers are staying in New York tonight and are doing contact tracing, but the Nets are still flying to Memphis, so we'll see what happens. What? How does that make sense? Didn't we get exposed to to <laughs> the, the yeah, Sixers I themselves? Mean, nope. No, I mean, I have no idea how the NBA does this, but so that's that. That was literally just reported a minute ago. Oh, Jesus! So maybe Kyrie knew something that we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there you he go. he's like, you know what? I saw Seth Curry at at the rally yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> It was the sage, the sage he was burning. The yeah. sage told him the, to stay away. The sage lets him know when evil lurks. There we go. <laughs> Gentlemen, we are the uh, uh, front office New York City's, your, your uh, uh, fan-centric New York basketball podcast. Uh, although we do seem to talk all Brooklyn Nets, I, I promise you I'll, I'll, I'll get in a little mix as, as time goes on. But we have, have uh, done the damn thing tonight. D-Rock, thank you again. Samuel, as always, we are the front office. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.